Greetings and welcome to another episode of Controls and Couches. I am one part of the duo, Full Metal Chicken. And I'm Steph. And we would also like to say welcome to our 50th episode. Yeah. We would have gone for something a bit more spectacular than today's episode. However, we've had too many dramas lately. So It needs to be short, quick and to the point. To the point. Now, also to, uh, to everyone who is listening, thank you very much. To everyone who is new, welcome. And if everyone, well, if anyone's listened to the 51st episode, uh, give us feedback now so I know what my <laughs> voice sounds like in the future. Uh, but yes. Hi can... guys, welcome back. If you're here, as always, for a specific segment of the podcast, we will have timestamps in the description. Because um, we try to cover a variety of things. And if you're here just for the main topic or a specific segment, that's where you can find it. Yep, yep. All the things. <sighs> So, um, fingers crossed this will not drop, and it will be our first episode with the fluffy mic. Yes, with the fluffy mic, because last time, everything just went to shit, and it was something to do... We were having do... a bad week last week. We were having a week. bad week, but it was actually something to do with the caching. Mm. Something happened, and everything just crashed, but it was a case of it would not load. It was like yeah. a full... It's not your fault. It's just technology does things. Yeah, so if anyone wants to, uh, you know, send a... Computer, go for it. Yeah, Much we're joking. By we're the joking. way, yeah, yeah. Um, how are you? What's going um, on in your life? Oh, uh, just drama after drama after drama. All right. Like this whole week yeah. has just been shit. So basically, if you didn't listen last week, our hot water service literally exploded Saturday afternoon. Um, you had to go to work, and we didn't think anything of it because our hot water service every now and again we have to switch it, like relight the pilot light. Yeah. And I did it most recently, so I kind of remembered the ins and the outs. And you were dressed for work, and it had been a little bit muddy, so it had concealed how much water was actually gushing out of our hot water system. So I said, "It's okay. I'll lie down prone on the ground. I will hold the." Um, pressure down you flip the igniter and i will lie down and tell you when i see it light but then one upon taking a closer look we realized water was literally gushing out which means that something a line in the system had actually broken yeah and then we were going to call recv home assist but then we realized because we rent we didn't purchase that policy mm-hmm. so then we contacted our landlord who said sure i'll get to you asap and that asap turned out to be 40 minutes yep and then by the time he finally came, he confirmed for us that it was indeed broken and that he would get it fixed ASAP. But Maybe. of course, because Ream, um, he actually gets us the good models and stuff. Yep. And specific plumbers don't work specific Days, things. hours. And also too, because it's a weekend. Ream closes at 1pm on a Saturday and mm. we had called at 2.30pm. Yeah, so... We were told, and also I verified this. I spoke to some friends who are master traders. It was a shit situation shit to situation. be with cold water when it was literally four degrees at night outside. Yeah. But fingers crossed, we're not sick. And we had a plumber at work that night. Like yeah. uh, that happened. I, I was speaking to him, and he said, "I will pay you. I will pay <laughs> you to come round to our house and fix it." And he said, "Well, I could come round have a look at it for a call out, sure, but there's nothing I can do if it's exploded, like." pouring water out and everything i cannot that's unrepairable you need a new unit and i don't have one of those so the closest i can get to you is probably monday morning which is what our landlord said he actually said afternoon because the tradie would have obviously needed to go source one and um i also found out that he got this guy through a friend of his sister 
So he's, if it's not legitimate, who is? Yeah. So, so this it's guy. Sorted, yeah. Um, hot water was back. It was on, and for the first three days, I forgot that I could switch. Yeah. The hot water on. And this guy was good. Like, he was really Well, they had good. to refix the configuration because yeah, all the, the last piping guy and everything. And he in. did it so fast. It, literally two hours. It made, he made it look like The hardest just... thing was getting the old unit, the new unit in, at, at, like, into the backyard and taking the old unit away. Yeah, and, and obviously just, moving the concrete He literally just disconnected, so. shortened the copper, and then literally just fired it up. It was, like... Done. Done. It was done expertly exactly we had hot water and he even had a go at the <laughs> landlord it was funny uh because it was a sh- shoddy job to be on yeah. it was kind of a shoddy job not that i'm saying they were live wires but no, i'm saying it was, it was just unsafe. done in a in a way backyard that way. is contrary to you know uh standard yeah um and then on tuesday we took one more step towards being human because after three hours on tuesday alone the nbn guy came to our house and I had a meeting and I couldn't talk and I couldn't look at him because I was in a video conference meeting and I was just that annoying bitch. Uh, and I waved, but he was like, don't look at me. And I was like, okay, fine, fair. Um, he came. When he first came, he was like, oh, yeah, the signal is too uh, high. There's yeah, too so much it was like feedback. Minus 41 point something. So and he... then he was like, we have to call and you're going to have to get someone else. And then you put your foot down. And I was nice about it. I said, look, um, I'm not trying to uh, have a go at you at all. You're like, you, I mean, you're here, you're here to do the job. But they told me. It would be done today. And they would send it through in a report to you as well. Like they'd actually said yeah. it. And they told me that 100%. And I said to them, guys. We can't keep doing this. You... You told me at the beginning you were recording this conversation. You have audio, audio f- recording, recording allegedly. of me saying to you, will we have it? And you Anything? said 100%. And he went and looked into the file and it had come up. Yeah. And he was like, oh, oh sorry. jeez, so they shouldn't be doing turns that. turns out all he had to do was replace the DPU unit, switch it on and off and give it 40 minutes to unfuck itself. And I was literally running around the house like a chicken when those four <laughs> lights went up. And then we had internet, and then you set all that up, and then um, on, and also on that Tuesday, because we didn't really talk about it last week, but we have a three-bedroom place, one's yours, one's mine, and one's the middle storage. And so with the whole threat to work from home that apparently Dan Andrews is going to impose this morning in his press conference, um, we're probably going to have to be in another lockdown self-isolation situation unlike america which has got extremely and people just going out as if nothing's happening but that's a different story and so we spent a lot of time last week last weekend i think we started on saturday just taking everything out sorting everything throwing out rubbish i'm shredding old bills from that i had from 2014 oh yes also on that note we found one from 2004 and four today for a raise outdoors, raise outdoors. five dollar off now, for fifty bucks and over. And now we wanted to make a joke and make someone We wanted someone's to make day. a joke, and the person that we called because it's no longer raise outdoors, it's now Map Pack. But you said it as a joke, as and a you joke. were like, "Hey, not trying to waste your time, just trying to make you have a you know." She didn't get it. Like my, you know, she probably wasn't even born in two thousand and four. No, it's like a case of my. I wasn't trying to troll. I was just trying to have, have a, a laugh. Have a joke. And you told them that. Told them that straight off the bat. And she didn't 
get it. I mean, you yeah. said, oh, you know, if it was still raised outdoors, sure. And it's like, so a, it's a joke. It's darling. just, we a just wanted to make joke. it down. Yeah, one of the family just found this, and we were just wondering, what are the chances? I mean, it's probably a long shot. I mean, like 2004. I mean, I know for a fact, 16 years old, nothing's happening. But 110 <laughs> percent. Just and then on a Tuesday, um, I we had everything almost like there was the last pile of stuff we had to go through and I still had to finish actually disinfecting the room and so I said you know what because I was checking office works for the end of financial year sales because we actually needed to get a printer because as you said yeah. this one's quite carcinogenic and it Just didn't didn't um, sync to my computer anymore like it's not compatible occasionally it will work with yours but if we're working from home I can't afford no. to not have anything again for another three four months right so I ordered a desk because the one I truly wanted, turns out this was probably the better colour scheme to go for, yeah. but the one I wanted had sold out and then we were selling out of printers quite quickly. So I thought, you know what, let's just bite the bullet, purchase the printer, purchase the desk. Printer came the Thursday and um, the desk came, no, that's incorrect. We put, ordered Tuesday, the printer came Wednesday and the desk came Thursday. It was a bit of a hassle to get the desk in and stuff, but... We ended up, because they're obviously really busy, the desk came, the office is now put together, it's now functional. It's all good to go. So we're relatively humanoid. Yep, now. we are. We absolutely are. So it's great. Yeah, so now um, the only thing that we need to do is just, well, obviously get back to Call of Duty, but I just, I literally just don't have time. Well, I played because I just had a really shit week and I wanted to actually started um, twitching and let me tell you, it is brilliant the so fact it that works it now. works and that a three hour stream didn't turn into 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that works. Um, if you're interested, it's there. I'm not going to just play exclusively Call of Duty, but I am for the moment because yep. I'm trying to be on the Damascus grind. But yesterday... I finished what I needed to do for the Strella, which was um, the Amped kills. And also for the Joker, I needed the Ground kills, um, Ground kill streaks. Yeah. So I have Platinum launches. And then I decided that, you know what, I have almost everything max except for a few of the DLC weapons being the uh, VKL Rouge, the Holger and the Bruin, and I think the SKS. And obviously I've done like, the crossbow and then to go do the Kali sticks. But I figured, you know what, if shipment 24-7 is going to come back in the next couple of weeks, I need to have as many weapons ready to obsidian as possible. Yeah. Because um, I already, the weekend it came out, I had already obsidian the MP7, like straight away. And then the next day I finished the peeler. So that's what I'm currently trying to do. I'm going to start with the assault rifles and then work my way down. And I started with the AK-47. So Very nice. we're going to get there. It's going to get done. Um, I think my streaming schedule at the moment, um, just to kind of figure out what's happening back with uni because it's just all over the place. I think it's going to be between 8 and... No, sorry. 6 and 8 is like set, but it could be... I might start earlier. I will probably finish later than that. Um, but yeah, on Fridays and Saturdays at this point. But I'll let you know if things change. Excellent. Also, too, um, in case anyone listening is a you know big Twitch fan, um, and they know of a streamer called Doctor Disrespect, um, he has been perma banned from. Twitch. But what did he do? They haven't said. 
um, essentially they, you know, have a, a statement that, you know, they take appropriate action, you know, when they get evidence that a streamer has acted in violation of the community guidelines um, in terms of service. And essentially they apply to all streamers regardless of status or prominence within the Twitch community. So essentially he had one in 2019. Um, he did an IRL stream. Um, oh, from a bathroom and, in the yeah, LA Convention Center. Expo E3. So, yeah, him and, him and Shroud, they were good friends. So, um, and essentially, I suppose since Ninja and Shroud have left. But it's funny because I used to play a game and there was a guy in our clan called Shroud. So, obviously... It's a common name for gamers. Uh, well, I know the guy that we were talking to is from... Um, New Zealand, but yeah, it's not the same shroud. No, shroud is um, Canadian. Oh, close enough. So um, yeah, it's essentially. I mean, obviously, he may not be back on Twitch, but obviously, you know, he's still a prominent figure within the gaming community. So yeah, who knows? But he came across. I mean, he comes across as very, you know, loud, very brash, and over the top. Boisterous. Boisterous. So, you know, I've seen some of the stuff for his PUBG matches. And he gets really, really worked up. Funny as. Funny as. I like Rage Gamers. I reckon that's why I love Jev so much. And see, that's the thing. Like, we really watch a lot of Jev. I found Jev way back when he played the Impossible game in, like, 2014, 15, something like that. Preface. Back, I don't, I can't even remember if he was in Darth then. Um, But, yeah. And the other he's thing I cool. found is with Jev, compared to some of the other Muppets in Phase, he's ex- like, you look at him, he's just, all he does, he doesn't do, he doesn't attack anyone. He's not problematic. Not problematic. There's no controversies. Controversies. And I he's mean, just an all around good dude. Like, he's not a sellout. He's a family person, and that's it. Yeah. And I mean, Jev's kitchen, oh, the fact Jeff's that. Jev's cafe. Jev's cafe, the fact that he actually got Gordon Ramsay to comment on it. Beautiful. That's hilarious. Beautiful. That was funny. I also love his PO box unboxings that he hasn't yeah. done in a while, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. All right. Anything else before weekly? No, that's it. Um, as always, guys, we're going to pin the Black Lives Matter card, um, which links you to all the donation hotspots. Um, all of the petitions that you can sign is quite regularly updated and places you can go to help out and um, with more information. Um, so I think it, it's quite important considering the, we live in this area, but Victoria is in the midst of a second peak of infections. Um, apparently yesterday alone, um, we had recorded 41 additional cases, which was the largest single day increase in about three months for Victoria at least. And our deputy chief health officer said that, um, cases are not yet growing exponentially. They're doubling. So it's not logarithmic just yet. Um, so we have already second bump or peak and they're quite concerned. Um, they know that outbreak breaks and cases are going to continue to come and go. They have the t- testing hotspots that they're supposed to have completed yesterday, was it? From yes. memory. So I think that's what that press conference happening this morning is about. Now, I suppose the key thing to take from this, and this is where I'm going to shift away from humour and everything, there's three key classes. In case you hadn't been aware or you've been living under a rock, 
Um, there is no vaccine for this particular virus. Now, step one, viruses are able to adapt and they you know, change. One, that is key element of virus. Two, no vaccine at this point in time. I also see that rushing a vaccine can also have massively detrimental, detrimental unseen side effects. Uh, side, of, side effects. Now, also too, three key groups at the moment. You've got people who are asymptomatic, which mean they can get it, but don't show anything. For a while. For, for a while. two, three weeks or more. You get the people who get it, and, and then it hits you like a freight train. Like a freight train. Then you get people, a certain percentage of the population will be immune. And this is purely because the virus cannot target the receptors on their cells. So similar to when the plague, you know, went through. Yeah. These are the three main classes. Obviously, the slight changes within these three groups, but these are the three. You can't worry about it. What you must do is just, one, take a step back from media at the moment. Key facts, sure, government websites. If you were getting all your information from, you know, social media, cut it out. Unless it's a legitimate... Um, yeah. places, news houses, exactly. or actual press from the government that is reposted. does not count. Unless they've, it's a government and body government or a person, yeah. um, like a news agency that's covering a exactly. uh, press conference or whatever. Now, also too, this is not attacking any you know, particular... Person or group of people. Demo, you know, demographic or anything. This is just a fact of what's going on in the world at the moment. Now, you will find that it's going to get worse, one, in certain countries that fall into the winter um, cycle of the year. Seasonal viruses kick in every winter. People get them in it's spring. Get People so get them in worse. autumn. Now, this is a natural cause of, you know, you know, cause, an event. This happens all the time. There are bigger things to worry about. I understand that this is the focus of the moment, but if you look at the numbers... The numbers are actually slowly increasing, not rapidly in increasing. Astro- in Victoria, in Victoria at, least. at least. But it shouldn't be happening at it all. It shouldn't be happening what at all. What was the point of us being in isolation in a state of emergency for that many months? And this is—I told you this was going to happen. A few yeah, decades we were discussing this. We it. said this is going to happen. This is going to go to round two yeah. because one, people are fucking dumb, and two, the COVID Safe app that they made us download hasn't fucking given anyone any notification. No notification. They're boasting that apparently, what was it, like 6 million people had have downloaded it. Um, it cost the Australian government two months, sorry, $2 million to make. Yeah. And no one's received a warning not about a anything. Warning. Do you know why? Because you will not be next to someone within 15 minutes. No. For 15 minutes. It'd ping no. it every 15 minutes. No. And also, you know what? Here's the other thing. If someone knew that they had a virus... They're not going People to, were going to work and they felt yeah, unwell. They didn't, you know, they turned their apps off. So, you know, if you turn the Bluetooth off, it's not going to Oh, you ping. just uninstall the app. Yep. Oh, no. Sorry. You don't want to be flagged Part for of that. it? It's and, stupid. you know, I'm going to say that there's some craziness going on around my workplace at the moment. But this is just going to, you know, come and go. But the bit that shits me up the wall is the fact that some people may get type 2 diabetes from this and a whole plethora of other things, but it's just because people are, you know, just... Stupid. Stupid. Mm, they think that risky behaviour is okay. But anyway, moving yeah. along, because we've got to get the show on the road because you unfortunately have to go to work yep. soon. Um, apparently, NBN, or, which is Australia's uh, national broadband network, which we are now connected to yeah. for a low, low price of however much we pay. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to the network 
Um, apparently, networks in Australia are capable of coping with a very significant increase in overall capacity in the type of and shape of use of the network. Because of remote working, a lot of people have to put a lot more pressure on the infrastructure because yeah. of schooling, because of work meetings, and so on and so forth, as opposed to just putting pressure on the business infrastructure that is set up to carry that so, load. talking about carry load and pushing the infrastructure, who the fuck was using a 14.3 terabyte bandwidth to download know? fucking... Do you want to We love to see it. Yeah. Um, I've read this whole article, and you just jump cut a lot of shit, but Sorry. anyway... The NBN peak download of 14.5 terabit per second was recorded on the 19th of May and was due to the Call of Duty update. I think that's season three. Yeah. So the question is, who did that? Because that ain't domestic. Sorry, that, that no, ain't, that, not that, that's not residential. That's everyone. Oh, so, so it's the pool. Because oh, I'm peak. like, oh, okay, cool, gotcha. So Dude, the pool. we can't even get more than 100 in Australia, let alone to be like well, terabyte. Well, you can if you're a business. You can get a terabyte. Yes, but we're not a business. We're no. talking or about is it a domestic. Gig? No, it's a gig. It's a gig. It's a gig. But, you know, welcome to NASA, 96 point <sighs> something. Yeah. So apparently, our, um, you want a refill? Okay, yes. I can do that for yes. you. I nearly went for an Irish coffee at work yesterday. Mm, probably not the best bit. But we, me and one of the other managers... Look, there's a lot of shit happening at your work. That's probably not the best thing to pull. Oh, Any no. mahoozle, yeah. if we can continue before yeah. we get sidetracked. Yeah. Um, apparently, the rollout of the network has hit 99%. Uh. Um, and now they're con- turning their attention to uh, connecting harder to connect places like what we were last week and so on and so forth. And then allegedly um, there are a few, up to 18% of people who hold packages are after the best tier packages that Australia has to offer. Yeah. And so they call them more complex connections. And so they're saying that if there is a market for people wanting to have high-speed internet, once Australia is connected, they're going to revisit plans and offer higher speeds. Because the infrastructure appears to be able to support it. But see, when you got people out at Monash going, yay, we can, you know, do 14 terabytes. No, they're not doing 14. The whole pool, no, no, the no, 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 no. peak of No, 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 no. They've surge. actually okay. figured out a chip that can do yeah, like no, 14 but that, terabytes Do you know that that's a federal... You breach federal laws if you touch that box. Yeah. <laughs> you can't touch it because it's not... Our property to touch. I know. But um, imagine that. Like, you go through, yay. Four t- imagine that. But see, that's the other thing we found now. Our latency is so low. Our latency is so low that it takes lobbies. me 10 minutes to find a lobby because it will not put you in anything less than 25 milliseconds a ping unless we're playing as a party with our friends who don't yet have NBN. But they have better ADSL than what we had, Yeah. if that makes sense. Now, just as a refresh, we were getting point like maximum 0.6 megabit up and, and about six anywhere from four to six down on a good day a and good our day. ping was like 32 yeah and in game it would go from like uh, 230 so, so it's really shit time we don't go above 40 now and if you wanted to be in a lab meeting for work sorry you had to use mobile data yeah it's... so it's been a great time um and if you had to email your boss something you had to use mobile data uh-huh. All right, um, lastly for the news this week, um, on Friday, the Minneapolis City Council unanimously voted to change the city charter so their police department could be dismantled. 
Um, as we all know, Black Lives Matter demonstrations that began in the city uh, quickly spread across the country and they're carrying on for like the fourth and fifth week now. Uh, council members voted unanimously 12 to 0 to effectively abolish the police department and this um, new proposal is to establish a community safety and violence prevention department instead of a generalised police department and a quote here is, they will have responsibility for public safety, prioritising a holistic, public health orientated approach. Um, so the boss of new, this new agency would have non-law enforcement experience in community safety services, including public health and or restorative justice approaches. This is going to have uh, interesting you know, effects. Well, defund the police, demilitarise the police. And that's all there is to it. All right, anything else you want to cover? Because we need to get the show on the road. No, that's it. All righty, hoity-toity. Um, today we are going to be covering another important case. And uh, this is the case of missing person Alexis S. Patterson. Um, before we get into this topic, as always, it's not meant to minimize the pain and loss that follow the events that we will be discussing. Anyone who has any uh, information regarding to criminal activity, or if you just want to report something that doesn't feel right, please contact Crime Stoppers. It's anonymous unless you ask to be identified. It's an independent, non-for-profit organisation that's part of a global network. And if you find yourself able to donate, please do. Um, again, we're not trying to be disrespectful. Um, we're just trying to bring light to this case. I kind of hadn't really heard about it. I I remember knowing her name, but I don't know why. Um, so it's kind of quite sad and stuff, but we're going to get into it. But essentially, on the 3rd of May 2002, Alexis went missing from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. She was born on the 4th of April 1995. She had black hair. At the time, she was 3 foot 8. Um... She's identified as female, she had brown eyes, weighing approximately 42 pounds, and she was African-American. Uh, she was last seen wearing a red hooded jacket with a grey stripe on the sleeves and a purple shirt, light-coloured blue jeans and white Nike tennis shoes. She wore her hair in two braids, pulled back into one ponytail, and was carrying a pink Barbie book bag. She was reported missing by her mother on Friday the 3rd of May 2002, and she was last seen in the area of High Mount School, which is located at 44921 West Garfield Street, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, at approximately 8 a.m. She was reportedly dropped off by her stepfather. And if you have any information concerning her, please contact your local FBI office or the nearest American embassy or consulate. Did you know much about this before I get into it? No. Okay. So as we said, um, Alexis was born on the 4th of April, 1995. Um, her mother is Ayana and her dad, her father is Kenya. Um, she was known for being a bubbly and <laughs> bossy little girl, and I was too. So um, She loved roller skating and the colour pink, and uh, her family called her Lexi and Pie. So she was very loved and adored. She lived with her mum and her stepfather, uh, Laurent Bourgeois, and her six-month-old sister, Daisoni. Um, she was very close with her family and they lived in a house very close to her school, um, just a half block away. Um, when she was in the first grade, she had a perfect attendance record, which is really hard to do when you're a kid because a lot of the time you're sick or you just have places to be. 
In 2002, in January, I should say, um, her father, Kenya, was charged with misdemeanor battery and misdemeanor bail jumping. And they would be later dismissed in May of 2002. But two months later, he was charged with repeatedly driving with a revoked license and was imprisoned. And then on the 1st of May, the city filed a civil lawsuit against him and they wanted 7500 bucks in damages for what they said was negligent operation of a motor vehicle. And then a judgment on behalf of the city was vacated nearly a decade later in August of 2011. And some people say that he had posted a $100 bond in relation to the charge just two days before his daughter went missing. However, police said that, according to their records, he was not released on bail until the 6th of May 2002, which, um, according to the timeline, would have been three days after she disappeared. So, two weeks before she went missing, um, parents of the school, so the whole school cohort, had been sent letters telling them that there was a man who was trying to abduct a little boy near a school. And if you don't know how serious that is... Let me fucking tell you, it was a big thing. Um, I was born in 93, so I went to high... Obviously, it's a different country and a different curriculum. But I was in high school in... Oh, sorry, in grade school in the 90s. And we had once... Back when I was just at the local government primary school, we had some random guy who would drive past the school and would take photos of kids. And so one day the gardener was there and he had chalk... And he was writing, and he wrote down the number plate of the guy who, because he'd come up to the car park, walked up to the chain link fence, and were taking photos of kids at on the oval, right? And the guy, because there were no cameras back in the 90s, um, so he had chalk, and he wrote the guy's number plate down on the ground. And then he obviously reported that he had to run to the office. He reported it to the office, and they pulled the police unit in. Spoke to him, he made a statement, and obviously gave the guy the rego. And we never heard anything about it. it yeah. You know how scary that is? People don't fuck around. Sorry, I'm not trying to make it about me, but I'm just saying context of the story. So it was a big deal, right? To be sent letters home to say, excuse me, there's a man who tried to abduct a child from school campus. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, so a week later, a teacher had spotted Alexis talking to an unknown woman behind the school and so um school told her mum obviously and her mother lectured alexis and said you know please don't talk to strangers don't go anywhere you know there's dangerous people about and we've all had that talk with our parents but then two days later the she's seen with this random unknown woman again and that worried her mum and it would worry me too right so on the 2nd of may um This is the morning she went missing. Um, Alexis and her mother got into an argument because she had failed to properly complete her homework, which was going to be due the next day. And as a result, her mum put down her foot and said, look, I'm not going to let you take cupcakes for your other kids, you know, your friends in school, because uh, it was her um, day to bring in a snack to class. And her mother said, look, if you ain't listening, if you're not going to do your work, uh, you know, she's being, a dis- she's being a good parent and she's disciplining her kid. And so she was really upset about it. And then so the next day at 8am, um, her stepdad, Laurent, walked her to school. Um, he, watched, he says he watched her walk across the crosswalk toward the school playground and then that's when he turned around to walk home himself, right? So that day, she did not attend any of her classes. 
She was not registered on any of the rolls. No one ticked her off. A lot of students said that they saw her crying on the playground before and after the school day had ended. So they're saying that she was outside for over eight hours that day. And nobody checked? No one checked. No teacher on duty during lunchtime. Jeez. Um, if, I've told this story before, if someone, at, I've never did class, but if I quote-unquote wasn't marked off on the roll, allegedly, my mum told me this like a couple months ago, this was in senior school, which is... They let you do whatever the fuck you want in senior school, let alone primary school. They would call my mum and say, your daughter's not here. Um, is she home with you? And my mum would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I literally drop my daughter off every morning. Yeah. And then they would tell my mum to rush over because where the fuck is my child? Yeah. And then they'd go to my next... Because by the time they call my mother, tell her I'm not there because you know how roles are submitted yeah. by 15 minutes and the class is only 45. Yeah. By the time my mum came to the school, I was in my next class. Yeah. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. The teacher just didn't mark her off. Which is... And my mother would be like, don't you fucking do this to me because yeah. with everything that was going on in our family... But see, that's why sometimes school procedure breaks down. Fucked completely. Yeah. But also, regardless of the time, um, you're telling me no one on duty, especially when you knew that there was a random person coming around trying to kidnap children. You didn't have teachers walking around on yard duty between classes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let alone to have her sit there allegedly outside for eight days, for eight hours that day. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, no one recalled seeing her in the school itself just kids saying that she was outside all day she had no history of running away and her mother and her stepdad um initially refused to believe that she decided that she wanted to ditch class because she wasn't allowed to bring her cupcakes and then at 3 p.m um shortly after they found out that their daughter was missing uh, ayana her mother contacted local police and it took them about an hour to respond now i'm just saying if it was a white kid yeah. Oof. Yep. Amber Alert. Not that Amber Alerts existed back then. Yeah. But what do you do? Racial profiling and discrimination. So the police went to the family home, and they agreed with um, the scenario that her parents represent, you know, presented. And um, because she hadn't returned home, they said, "Look, maybe something else caused her to disappear after she was seen on the playground." Yeah. So immediately the surrounding area of the school was searched and the case was like initially being treated as a potential runaway because, you know, people of colour do that. Because life is so tough, they're all desolate. Um, they don't have families that love them. So they're, you know, just fucking racial profiling pisses me off. So they allegedly did a grid-by-grid grid search um, that focused on the northwest section of Milwaukee. I feel a sneeze coming on, so I'm so sorry. Um, with a specific focus on West uh, Minekeek Avenue, West Vine Street, North 60th Street, and North 16th Street. Why do they name their streets like that? It's weird, like West Maneki, West Vine, yeah. North 60, like did you run out of names or... Anyway, so the area around Highmount Boulevard School, um, as well as any vacant residences, were also searched. Uh, investigators canvassed Washington Park and set up a command post in the area. They had divers search a nearby lagoon. Um, they used boats, motorcycles, choppers, 
Um, there were police were mounted on horseback. Apparently, hundreds of people of the community also decided to volunteer, um, and together they searched alleyways and nearby parks. And then, when they spoke to some of her classmates, they said that a red truck had been spotted near the school for almost the week, the whole of the week. Um, but they never dropped anyone off. They never picked anyone up, and the car stopped showing as soon as Alexis disappeared. So as a result, that car has never been identified and police have never been able to conclude if it was connected to Alexis's case or not. Um, her dad that was in prison and about three days out of, you know, on the way to bail, he said that he found out that Alexis disappeared, like her biological father, Kenya, uh, he found out that his daughter disappeared via local news coverage. Um, so when he was released, he was immediately questioned by police, um, and police said that he was fully cooperative with the investigation. Um, her mother and her stepdad were also brought in for questioning. Um, apparently Laurent had, um, a criminal past because in 94 he'd been involved in a bank robbery that resulted in the fatal shooting of a police officer in Glendale, Wisconsin. Um, and then because he gave testimony, he had been granted immunity in relation. So, again, is there racial profiling in assuming? I, I don't necessarily think so because if he was the last person, quote-unquote, adult to see the girl, I would suspect him too. Yeah. And until you've ruled out, well, in this case, all three parents, um, you don't know. No. You know what I mean? So, but again, what do I know? So both her mother and her stepdad, uh, Laurent, maintain their innocence. So in order to get Alexis out there into the public forum, hundreds of volunteers passed out thousands of flyers with her description. Investigators went door to door um, after she went missing and they were asking people if they had seen her. They put up billboards across the whole of the state asking anyone with information to come forward. And then um, about a week later on May 14th, Investigators announced that her disappearance was the result of suspicious circumstances that had been reclassified as a criminal investigation. And months later, they would state that they believed foul play was involved. So that's terrifying. So the same year, police subpoenaed four uh, Milwaukee television stations and they asked for tapes of past news coverage about the case. They wouldn't state why these tapes were of interest, citing that it was illegal to comment on sealed search warrants. In my head, um, I would also think that a lot of people who are criminals like to return to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Sometimes they participate in vigils yeah. um, and rallies and so on and so forth. So they're probably there, maybe also trying to see if the red truck was in the footage. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just merely speculating on this aspect of the case. But good on them for doing that. And... As much as it needs to make news, sometimes people say really damaging things. They do. Extremely damaging. So, around the time that Alexis uh, went missing, a man called Brian T. Werner wrote and distributed racist flyers relating to the case. And he had placed them outside America's Black Holocaust Museum on shop doors and car windows. And the police questioned why any white person should care about Alexis having gone... Sorry. And he questioned um, on these posters why anyone should care that this little girl had gone missing yeah. because he's a racist asshole, Right? 
And so he, this Brian T. Werner, was arrested by police. Um, and then, because he was posting these flyers. But he was later released because it was determined his comments were protected by the First Amendment free speech clause. I'm sorry, but racism is not a part of any clause. And America's First Amendment, jeez. Um, apparently there was another man who was involved, but he was never named. And again, because of the First Amendment's free speech, uh, yeah. he never had any charges pressed against him. I think there should be some clauses where First Amendment doesn't apply. For example, in the case of children, yeah. especially pedophilia, especially uh, racism, especially inequality. But what do I know? So, along with making the local state news, she uh, Alexis's story also made national headlines. And apparently, uh, in August 2002, an anonymous caller uh, contacted a local television station to say that her missing... Sorry, that her remains had been disposed of in the Milwaukee River near Easterbrook Park. So, police divers took it seriously. They searched the river, but nothing was found. And then they wanted to find some new leads... So they looked through local sex offender registries, as well as probation and parole files, but they couldn't come up with anything. They say numerous officers spent many of their days searching for her um, and were given help by both FBI and other state law enforcement agencies. And they pretty much searched for her for months in the city. Um, Canine units were also employed and they would get the dogs to walk down paths and through buildings. They went through Miller Park. They looked around bodies of water. Um, and then uh, sources familiar with the investigation shared that a John Doe um, case, which was launched into her disappearance. Um, sorry, let me say that again. So there was a John Doe investigation looking for the guy or the person who would have kidnapped her. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so after a year of her going missing... Her stepdad was subjected to a polygraph, which he repeatedly failed. Um, and let me say that polygraphs are not a statistically sound no. um, test. No, no. Because regardless if you did anything or not, say that it was my child that went missing, you can imagine that I would be a very, very fucking stressed individual. Yep. So even when they ask me my baseline questions of, what is your name, where do you live... You still get them wrong. Right? Um, I would show high stress. But then, if someone is telling me, did you kill your kid? Why did you kill your kid? You did kill your kid, didn't you? I would have a reaction emotionally and physiologically and would because I would be fucking raging that someone would suggest that I would have killed my child. Right? I'm not saying that that happened in this case. But what I'm saying is polygraphs are not statistically sound. Uh, the questions that he was asked were never publicly released. And a year later, he was charged with an unrelated crime um, after he had a domestic dispute with Ayana, who's Alexis's mum, because Alexis's mum was trying to leave him. And Ayana described him as being abusive and threatening, and he was ordered to stay away from her before the tar charges were dropped. I couldn't actually find a... Um, uh, what do they call it? A DVD... Do you know how you have intervention order? But... Um, that's what I'm assuming there was. And then a year later, her biological dad, Kenya, was convicted of drug charges. 
And then in 2009, he was convicted of the manufacture and delivery of cocaine in Portage County, and he was sentenced to four years in prison, so he came out in 2015. In 2005, and some of the papers said 2004, um, a prisoner in told investigators that her remains had been buried in the southern United States near a metro area. And the tip led the search to a vacant house in Baton Rouge, uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, but nothing was found. And then, so this is just one of many um, tips that they received saying she's somewhere else that she wasn't. And allegedly the police and the FBI have followed every um, tip tip to, you know, confirm or deny its yep. validity to see if they could find her. So it's not like they were saying... Um, we won't put out search warrants. We won't execute an investigation. So they were actively, allegedly, for every tip that has trickled through, they've carried out action. And then in 2009, um, one of the best things to happen for the case was that the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children released age progression photos of Alexis. And they showed what she would have looked like at the time being 14 years old. And um, in 2013, they released another showcase showing what she would look like at the age of 17. In 2012, police had announced that they had re-interviewed 60 to 65 people connected to the case and had scoured more than 10,000 pages of notes and evidence. Um, some of the people who were re-interviewed shared that they may not have remembered correctly that they had seen her that Friday morning that she had disappeared. And around this time, the uh, relationship was, well, was re-established with the Patterson family. And the Milwaukee mayor at the time, uh, Tom Barrett, said that um, May 3rd would be known as Alexis Patterson Forget-Me-Not Day. And then the police said, look, because we're getting so many tips from prison inmates, you know how they give them playing cards? Yeah. Let's put a pack of playing cards out with um, cold cases and we'll include her image on one of the cards. And so they sent those to jails and prisons um, across the state of Wisconsin. And then on the th in December of 2013, Kenny was charged with beating his eight-month-old daughter, her biological father, that is. He was charged with three counts of felony child abuse and one count of child neglect. According to him, he had woken up his mother at around 5 a.m. on the 22nd of November 2013 and told her that the baby had fallen off the couch. She'd gotten a split lip as a result of the fall, but she was otherwise fine. He then left for work, leaving his mother to care for the infant. Jeez. But his mother soon realised that she had more than a split lip, um, and Kenny's mother brought her to the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin, and the baby had a CT scan and a full physical uh, examination, and they were able to conclude that she suffered abusive head trauma, a broken jaw, a fractured rib, a lacerated river, adrenal hemorrhage, and bruises to her face, abdomen, and chest. And according to the doctor, the trauma was consistent with severe child abuse and police were dispatched. Yeah, so there should have been. It should have never happened. So this is her half-sister. Not that it matters, but I'm just yeah. saying, right? So um, when questioned, um, Alexis's paternal grandmother initially said that the baby had been sleeping on her back in the living room before falling off the couch after he had already left for work at 5am. Now, let me tell you, as someone who has taken a fall from a great height as a child, being my paternal grandparents' bedroom, 
Um, back then they made beds quite high. I knocked myself the fuck out. Yeah. I didn't have a lacerated liver. I didn't fracture my jaw. No. I did, however, probably have a severe concussion as a three-year-old. Yeah. And I had knocked myself the fuck out. Yeah. So the grandmother had entered the living room after hearing crying, and she saw the little girl bleeding from her mouth with her left eye deviated as if she were having a seizure. And then the story was eventually changed to say that Kenya, her dad, had woken her up to report the fall. And then the biological father decided to change his story and then the police said look mate you've got several inconsistencies get your bullshit together and then he said to the police oh look but i turned i got back home with my daughter around 3 p.m um she had no signs of injury i've been her cause you know i was her sole caretaker what are you talking about when i left for work she was asleep on the couch um her mother and that you know my mum tried to call me but i couldn't answer but the call was never um found like, there's no history of the call. Um, and you'd think that even if he deleted the call history on his cell phone, it's called a bill, bitches. If you make outgoing calls, they appear on your bill, right? Yeah. So whether his mother had called him or he had called his mother, it would appear on some bill. But that shit don't even make no fucking sense, right? And then most recently... Now, this one's really heartbreaking. Um, so we fast forward to July of 2016... And there's this guy called Joshua Miller, um, and he and his ex-wife um, lived in Bryant, Ohio. Now, his ex-wife, um, I think her name was Elise, from memory. And so she and this Joshua had been married in 2009, but they divorced four years later. Um, and he pretty much said that, allegedly, his ex-wife didn't remember her childhood um but she looked an awful lot when he saw the pictures come out the age regression he said that his wife looked an awful lot like not only the age regression pictures but alexis's mother yeah and so um he had this theory and he said that there were aspects of his ex-wife past that didn't add up and um, because she didn't know anything past being 10 years old, so before being 10 years old, and when he did dug into her past, he came across Alexis's missing persons flyer, and um, allegedly they have a similar birthmark in the same place. And then he showed it to his new fiance, and they were like, dude, it's the same person. Yeah. So he traveled to Milwaukee with his son to meet um, Ayana, who is Alexis's mother. And he said, look, I will give you a sample of my son's DNA because my wife, my ex-wife isn't here and um, we can compare DNA here. And so um, they're at the police department. The kid gives a saliva sample. Um, and then allegedly this was all mailed to the Milwaukee police. And then Senator Elena Taylor caught wind of the theory because she'd been helping the Patterson family in search for Alexis, and she was certain that this woman was Alexis after seeing their wedding photo. So Ayana reaches out to her, and she gets in contact with the local, local sheriff's office, who sent officers to Ohio. The police thoroughly examined this potential lead, um, and when they met with Brian and his ex-wife, 
um, she was able to provide them with numerous documents to prove who she was, and this included a birth certificate showing that she had born in Belize, which is in South America. Uh, she had a green card and her passport. She was able to provide their uh, divorce documents, and she pretty much erased this theory completely. Um, and then they found out that she was seven years older than Alexis would have been at the time, and she had had two children. And if she was indeed missing, she would have given birth and married Joshua at an unusually young age because she would have been 14. And then the DNA results came back from the Wisconsin Regional Crime Lab and it was determined that the two samples didn't match, meaning that Joshua's ex-wife was with Alexis. Now, how long do you think it takes to come back with a DNA test? A week. Apparently it was done in 24 hours. That's how much the government was pushing to have this testing done, right? Because they thought they had found her. But if you rush, things go... Alright. So, Ayana, who is Alexis's mother, questioned the results because she's saying that, you know, any sample used from Alexis could have been corrupted or could have come from another source. So, what DNA sample did they have that was Alexis's? So, she said, you know what? Let's do a run with my DNA... And let's see what um, comes up. So she hires a private investigator, but at the same time, she talks to a news station. Um, I want to play this for you. It's a bit lengthy, but I, she will say it in her own words better than I can say it myself. If I play Thank you, JS Online. Today, I got the results on the media, I didn't get a call to after they released it on the media stating that Lisa is not Alexis. Um, I don't believe that. Absolutely not. And the reason why is because I just gave the MPD my DNA yesterday. Okay? And they told me, the lieutenant, I talked to the lieutenant today, he told me that they matched Lisa's DNA with the DNA that they got 14 years ago of Alexis's. Well, first of all, who gave you the DNA 14 years ago? You never received the DNA from me. What DNA did you use from a toothbrush? Nah, 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 nah. Give me the real DNA. Use my DNA. Put my DNA to Lisa's DNA and take it from there. And if the test come back stating that she's not mine then that's when i will accept it but right now i'm not accepting it because she's too much like me how does she have the same mold right here that i have that my daughters have and her granddaughter and her daughter have she has the same birthmark as alexis had when alexis was was first born she has the same mark on her eye the right eye when my daughter had okay she has the same bump and she has the same mold on her nose right here too we're too much alike for this not to be my child. I worry about my daughter every day. I've been worried about my baby for 14 years. You understand? And then now that I finally got a, a nice, uh, 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 I feel like a solid clue, you know what I'm saying, a solid lead, y'all gonna tell me that it's not her? It hurts. It really hurts. I will continue to search. I will continue to search for her. So, 
she brings forward some solid facts. Very solid. Um, so, um, Joshua, who is Lisa's husband, or ex-husband, um, who came forward and said, I think this, Mike's wife is, you know, Alexis. He spent another four years working to expose the case, and he said that he too didn't trust the DNA results, and that he wanted to get his ex-wife away from an unnamed man. He still feels as though she is still, like, he still thinks that she's Alexis, but he says that she won't admit it because she's afraid of the people she knows to be her current family. And he thinks that the FBI and Interpol are investigating something much bigger in relation to Alexis's case. But this has not been confirmed by either investigation. So whether it be a child ring of some description or child buying, um, that's kind of what he's leaning towards. Lisa says that she feels agitated and angry over the investigation. And um, she pretty much says, look, I've given you my DNA. Uh, there's nothing I can do. I feel sorry for the Patterson family, but it's it's nothing. You know, I don't want to have intense media scrutiny. I'm not involved in the case. So in May of 2017, a Hear the Voice celebration was held at the Wisconsin Black Historical Society on West Center Street in honor of Alexis and other missing children from around the world. And Laron was arrested um, also in 2017 on charges unrelated to the case. And he was held at the Milwaukee Secure Detention Facility. The Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office is currently offering a $10,000 reward for any information leading to Alexis's return. Apparently it was funded by drug forfeiture money. Um, as of 2009, the case has been assigned to the Milwaukee Police Department's cold case unit. There are no suspects, but investigators say they have not ruled anyone out. Over 5,000 interviews have been conducted, and a joint effort between the Milwaukee Police Department and the County Sheriff's Office has been um, gone down in history as one of the largest joint efforts in both organisations' histories. However, despite the investive, uh, investigation and how intense everything was, Hardly any progress has been made in relation to the case because there's no physical evidence that contradicts anything. Anaya has shared that she feels that the local authorities have done, um, uh, haven't done enough of a job to investigate her daughter's disappearance. And over the years, there's been hope that she will return home. In 2003, um, with the rescue of Amanda Berry, Gina De uh, DeHoos and Michelle Knight in Cleveland, Ohio, um, and in January 2019, when Jamie Kloss, um, where she ran away and essentially saved herself, um, the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children said that the Patterson family shouldn't give up and that they believe that there is still hope that she could be found. So I'm going to jump into the widely supported theories. The first is that um, her stepfather, Laurent Bourgeois, is somehow involved in her disappearance. Um... The former sheriff of Milwaukee County, uh, David Clark, believes that he was involved, but they just haven't been able to prove it given the evidence that they've been able to uncover. He says that Alexis was never dropped off at school that morning. Um, and he says that she may be, like her case may be related to prostitution, as hard as that is to hear, because allegedly her stepdad was a pimp and he ma uh, managed prostitutes on the north side of Milwaukee. Um, however, nothing 
like this has been proven, if that makes sense. So at this point, it's just an allegation. Um, and we know that Laurent has repeatedly denied any involvement in his stepdaughter's disappearance. So there is no solid concrete evidence or proof that he was involved. The second one is a conspiracy theory that states that the town of Bryan, Ohio is made up of missing children who don't know who they really are and says that Ayanna and Joshua know that um, Lisa is really Alexis but they've both been instructed to keep it quiet because um, Big Brother is behind uh, the disappearances of many children and they've just gone to this town to populate. Which to me kind of sounds like very outlandish. But I would understand if the part of that I believe is like if she was part of a child ring, um, they would allow her to live her own life after everything she's been through. You know what I mean? And just let her live it as Lisa. Yep. And third and finally is that there is a drug connection to her disappearance, but there's no information about this. It's just that drugs were involved in somehow, in some aspect. Um, for the aftermath, her mother still believes that she's alive and they celebrate her birthday every year. Kenny shares that he mourns the loss of his daughter, so much so that he beats up his other daughter. Yeah, I think there's small screws. Yeah, for sure. I reckon he paid someone to yeah. take her and that they were going to go together because yeah. he was like, oh, um, your mummy's going to ha- have a new husband, going to have new kids. You're going to go with me. I want you with me. You're going to live with me and my mum. Yeah. That's my personal theory. Um, but hey, what do I know? Um, so, Ayana and Laron separated shortly after she went missing, and they both left the area. Um, the plot where they lived is now vacant. Her younger sister, Ariana, was born after she went missing, and despite never having met, Ayana has ensured that Ariana and the rest of the family keep Alexis in their thoughts, and they take her to places where she used to play. Um, they have photos of her around, her homework assignments, and a watercolour self-portrait framed. I think it's in their living room. Um, Ayana says that she's been a lot more protective of her children and that she really lets, lets them out of her sight. She drives them every day to and from school instead of letting them catch the school bus. She says that media attention became overwhelming during the early years of the investigation and that the public were cruel towards her and her family, but she still decided that she wanted to get her daughter's story out there, speaking in interviews and consulting politicians and doing a lot of awareness and activism work. Um, She's also gone to the state capitol in Madison, Wisconsin and to Washington, D.C. in support of Alexis. And each year she ensures that a wreath is laid at High Mount Boulevard School in Alexis's honour and public officials walk the route she would often take to school before saying a prayer in her remembrance. Um... 18 years later, her mother still holds hope that she is still alive. She would be 25 today. Um, And a quote that her mother said said was, There's no way I would allow my daughter to see me weak, because if she sees me weak, that's going to make her become weak. That's not even in our DNA. And I'm going to see her soon, and I always feel her. And she says she feels like a deep spiritual connection to her daughter, and she believes that if her daughter was truly gone, she would feel it. So, um, pretty much some other information. Uh, her ears were pierced, um, as well, but uh, she was wearing, um, white high-top Nike sneakers, um, 
cluster type diamond sunflower shaped earrings with uh, gold posts. Um, her case is currently classified as endangered missing and police believe she disappeared under suspicious circumstances. If you have any information regarding to the case, you can contact the Milwaukee Police Department at either 414 935 7401 or 414 935 7302 or 414 935 7360. You can also place your tips at the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office at 414 278 4788 or the Milwaukee Field Office of the FBI at 414-276-4684 or the Milwaukee Police Department cold case hotline at 414-935-1212. What's your take? Sad. Yeah. Very sad case. I think that the person that she'd been seen talking to on the Oval was potentially organised by potentially... Her dad. Her dad. I think and it's then, his dad, her dad's girlfriend or some shit. And then, essentially, she's taken her in the car. Off they go. Yep. So if you have any... Um, I will link, obviously, the her FBI missing profile page and the I will also link the National Centre for Missing and Exploited Children website and the Black and Missing Foundation um, website and please donate to those organisations if you can. But yeah, I think her father was... Involved in it in some way. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's all very suspicious, but I think he's... Got some bigger got hand to, to play. Yeah. 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 Sorry, our neighbours have just started their gardening. Yep. At, what, 12.30 on a Saturday afternoon? Yeah, pretty much. Um, anything else you wanted to add? No, that was pretty much it. It's just... Isn't it interesting, not interesting, it's racist, how the pl- there's a plethora of information. For like, when I researched Mason Smith, do you know how many documentaries there were on YouTube and uh, news coverage yeah. and just accurate sources of information? And you do these cases and it's like, oh, he's a, pa- he's a journal, uh, sorry, a um, newspaper yeah. And a video that a newspaper or news like newsreader has covered. And that's it. Nothing else. Bullshit. Either do it right and do it the same across the board or don't do it at all. So, it's really shit. But anyway, guys, we will probably leave it there. Um, thank you, you so much for listening. Um, please donate to all... Well, or, you know, if and if you can't donate, sign some petitions. Yeah. Um, keep... Being, you know, don't just because people just posted black pictures on the Instagram doesn't mean that it's all over now. No. Um, work still needs to be done. Brian Taylor's murderers still haven't been charged. One's yep. been fired. Yeah. But that's not going to bring her back. No. Um, thank you so much, and you shall hear from us next week. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, links are in the description um, of where you can find us. Um, I'm Full Metal Chicken. I'm Steph Afar. And together we are controllers. Controllers and couches. And with this, I'm going to go grab a controller and sit on the couch. You do that, fam. Yes. Until next time, welcome. May the force be with you. Live long and prosper. And also with you. Also, too, you got to check out the new Star Wars series with um, Patrick Stewart. Sir Patrick Stewart. I have no idea what you're talking about. John luc Picard, Star Trek. This new Star Trek series. Yeah. So, uh... Yep, and on that note, ta-ta for now. Signing off.